Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Welcome back. This is the Peddling Fiction Podcast, and I am the one and only voice and soul of so-called fiction, the purveyor of Peddling Fiction podcast.com the inoculator of propaganda johnny profita hope everyone had a nice weekend i know i'm a little late getting this episode out i normally drop one on tuesday if i can it is now wednesday afternoon uh, late in the afternoon here and it's just a sort of a confluence of circumstances i i have a, a friend in from out of town who decided to stay a little longer and it just wasn't in the cards yesterday so you're gonna have to deal with it just being a, a day late and a dollar short, as they say. Um, but hopefully you had a nice long holiday weekend. You know, we had Memorial Day. So Monday was probably an off day for a lot of you. I was, um, I did a little bit of work, not not too much. And then we had some fun. But I, uh, I was lucky enough to avoid all of the military industrial complex propaganda that surrounds this holiday. And it really bothers me. I, I mean, I do read the articles and I, I follow some of the news coverage. I'm just not bombarded with a lot of the, the TV stuff, the cable news stuff out here because I don't, I don't have cable news and I'm not watching a lot of TV. I, if I'm not working during the day, I'm usually outside doing something. And, um, you know, it just, it always bothers me around this, this holiday where you see these fucking politicians, right? Like I saw that, that Joe Biden had like, you know, they always do these big ceremonies. They do this thing where they honor all of the fallen soldiers and, and Biden has this teary eyed moment where he's down at Arlington. You know, Arlington National Cemetery, and that's the, the cemetery where, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of acres are filled with all of the poor bastards that have died in America's seemingly endless wars to it promote the empire now. And you have all of these politicians who, by the way, have never really had to sacrifice anything, uh, the vast majority of them. I mean, some of them, I guess, are, were veterans or something like that. But uh, people like Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, they come out there and they look all sad and they put on a good face for the cameras. And the, these are all the motherfuckers that lied us into the, the current wars that have people coming back either in caskets or without limbs or maybe just mentally broken. And I was reading this article from the uh, the APnews.com, I guess is, is what it was, right? And this is the one where it's got the picture of him you know, uh, clutching this wreath. And it's just so obnoxious to me, I guess, because I, I think most of us as libertarians and particularly those of us who are ANCAP libertarians know that these people are 
Yeah, the scum of the earth, right? They they are sociopaths. They couldn't care less about um about uh, the the soldiers that die in these wars overseas. Like uh, Biden could have ended all of these wars immediately, and then we wouldn't have any more dead or wounded soldiers to memorialize. But no, no, he had to push it back. He pushed it back to fucking September 11th so that he could have a, another iconic ceremony for the sake of having a ceremony. So these are, let's not forget who these people are. They are despicable human beings, all every single one of them. And they, they should be met with the utmost contempt. And then you come across this article, the, uh, you know, his face tight with emotion. Biden walked up to the wreath, cupping it in his hands in silent reflection, and then making the sign of the cross. Uh, of course, you know, they're all very pious, right? They're, they're, they're so religious and, and um, dedicating their, their lives to the Lord, right? Not, not dedicating their lives to the state or to um, using the state to take over the uh, the lives of other people. No, 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 no. He's he's making the sign of the cross. You know, Bill Clinton was so religious. I mean, <laughs> what religion was he? You know, uh, the, the one that gets uh, you know molests underage girl. Oh, same thing with Biden, I guess. <laughs> Sniffing underage kids, getting blowjobs in the Oval Office, and then you know they they, they go and repent uh, every other Sunday at church. Right? They're they're all so fucking pious. But uh, his eyes were wet. They. The, they gathered, uh, the gathered dignitaries and military families were hushed and solemn. The chattering of cicadas was loud. In remarks that follow, Biden called on all Amer Americans to commemorate their fallen heroes by remembering their fight for the nation's ideals. This nation was built on an idea, Biden said. We were built on an idea, the idea of liberty and opportunity for all. We'd never fully realized that aspiration of our founders, but every generation has opened the door a little wider. What planet is Joe Biden on? I mean, I get that he has fucking dementia and he probably doesn't remember the last couple of years, but my God, how have we opened the door a little wider toward liberty? Somebody explain that one to me. I mean, we, we, we not only haven't we not opened the door, we shut the door completely. We added like six padlocks. We, we uh, boarded up the windows. <laughs> you know, like we are so far away from liberty. This is the, the guy that, that wanted us locked down in our houses. Uh, they, they, they want us to check with them to see if we can have uh, people over for dinner and where we can wear the mask and all this shit. I mean, like opening the door for liberty. My God. Absolutely not. And and none of these none of these wars that are have been going on in my lifetime had anything to do with American liberty. A every single war that has been fought has not only taken a, a great toll on the entire on the rest of the world, right? In blood uh, and also, you know, uh, blood of, of American soldiers, treasure of America. They've cost us a ton of money. But even the people that aren't involved directly in these wars lose a great deal of liberty every time one of these wars is fought. I, I mean, we can run down some of the some of the liberties that have just been taken from us uh, during wartime, and and politicians using the war as the excuse. I mean, the 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 list goes on and on. But the the most oppressive things that we face today as Americans. Aside from all the COVID stuff, 
I, I mean, the, the income tax comes to mind, right? The fact that you have to work four months out of the year for the federal government, that is a direct result of war. All the taxes we pay, I think, are probably a direct result, one way, shape, or another, of the war. And then think of all the, the debt and the inflation, which is a direct result of wanting to fund these wars but not wanting to raise any more taxes and the creation of the Federal Reserve. I mean, uh, Americans lose a great deal of freedom every time we declare war on somebody. Uh, 9-11, you know, we got the Patriot Act, the, the most the most oppressive piece of legislation I, I've seen in, in recent years. I mean, we lost every aspect of privacy in that. So it just it, it just drives me absolutely crazy to see these fucking crocodile teal tears from people like Joe Biden, who voted for all these pointless wars, by the way, voted to fund them, voted for everything, went went along with all the lies that have gotten all of these guys killed. I mean, hundreds of thousands of American soldiers and let and millions of people overseas over the last, I don't, I don't know, what is it, 70 years or so? What year is it now? Yeah, like the last 70 years, they've been lying, uh, uh, lying us into war, yeah, for the last 70 years. And, and then they get teary-eyed about it and, and talk about how much they care about the troops and how much they honor their, they want to honor their sacrifice. You want to honor their sacrifice? Stop the, the pointless wars we have going on right now. That'd be a good start. Maybe stop creating more and more veterans and more and more dead uh, soldiers that have to be buried at Arlington. But I mean, let's forget about, you know, I've, I've talked a lot about the cost of war, you know, as far as it is a, abroad, you know, uh, on places like, you know, Iraq, Afghanistan, Libya. Um, and, and we're all very aware at this point of all the lies that were told to us to get us into these wars. Uh, we were going to be greeted as liberators. They, you know, we pay for the war in oil. It was be a cakewalk, all that shit, you know, weapons of mass destruction, the, the, the list goes on and on. So I think by now, 20 years later, or whatever it is, right, we're, we're all pretty well aware of the, the lies that have been told to us to get us into these wars. And it is, it is nice to see more and more people becoming anti-war. And I've talked about the cost of war in terms of the, the human casualties overseas and we all, we're all very aware of the human casualties of uh, American soldiers. But back to the fact that th this this line from, from Biden's little address that uh, every generation opens the door a little a little farther to uh, a little a little wider toward liberty. I don't think there's been a generation in recent recent history that's had less uh, liberty than the generation right now. I mean. Kids are kids are wearing masks all, all day long in school. You can't uh, you can't open your business if you want to. You can't go where you want to go. You can't travel where you want to travel. You know they're setting up all kinds of, you know these this fear that we had of a two tier society with the the vaccines. Right, I'm seeing these articles like. There's a, a concert in Florida that's selling $18 tickets for vaccinated fans and $1,000 tickets for those that haven't been vaccinated. So the, the idea that we have more liberty today than we did a generation ago is absolutely ridiculous. We had the most liberty before we had this gigantic federal government that is just the, the, the biggest, most expensive government on the face of the earth with the biggest military and, the, and the, the, the most amount of people ever working for it. 
I mean, Biden's budget that he proposed is six trillion dollars. And, and okay, um, it's not a budget. All right, I don't. I drives me another thing that drives me crazy is that they they call these things budgets. They, these are just spending wish lists or something. Like it, it's not a budget. It doesn't balance. It has nothing to do with how much they're going to take in on t- in taxes. They're going to take in, you know, three and a half, maybe four trillion in taxes if they're lucky. And they plan on spending six and it'll probably be seven or eight. I mean, we're going to have a two trillion dollar deficit. That's not a budget. That's just like you're figuring out what you want to spend stuff on. And you're going to spend it on that regardless of whether or not you have the revenue coming in. This is by far the biggest government we've ever seen. I mean, it's not even close to <laughs> to um, a, a, a version of, of more liberty than before. The The most liberty Americans experienced was back before the the creation of the, the Federal Reserve, before World War One. You know, I, I like to think of the, the, the time period from, you know, post-Civil War up until 1913 that that seems to be the the most freedom that americans experienced you know we had the industrial revolution we saw the the, the greatest jump in standard of living for the most amount of people ever in the shortest amount of time and it's no coincidence that that was all done without a a really powerful federal government we didn't even have an income tax we didn't have social security we didn't have um, Medicare, Medicaid, a, a minimum wage, none of that. None of that existed. Uh, and we were on a gold standard. And we were able to, you know, go from people making the equivalent of like living on, off of a dollar a day to making like, you know, five dollars um, an ounce an ounce of gold a week, basically. Um, you just saw a tremendous standard of uh, increase in the standard of living. You saw the rise of the middle class, all this stuff. And it was all done in spite of govern- government, not because of it. And if you go back and you you think about the the freedom that has been lost because because of these wars that we fought, you know, it always seems to correlate. The, the rise of government seemed to get exponentially bigger every time there was some sort of armed conflict, right? You know, Peter Schiff just did a really good podcast that I enjoyed a lot on just, he just breaks down, you know, he's, he's such a, like he's got an accounting background and everything. So he's, he can break down the, the history of all these taxes and everything, but he goes through all of the, the tax increases and things that have taken place be, as a direct result of these wars and it's it's basically all of them and i i can give a, a quick synopsis of it here but it was it was a war that gave the government every excuse that they needed to introduce all of the things that are making um that are destroying this country today you have to go back to the, i think the the civil war basically and that was the the first time that the the government issued paper dollars paper paper money it was the first time they instituted a draft. It was the first uh, income tax. Uh, I, I, I believe it was the first income tax as well. Now, it, it, at least back then, they were, they were nice enough to get rid of the income tax after the war was over. But uh, one, one thing I learned, I think it was, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was on a, an episode. It was either on an episode of the old Peter Schiff radio show, I think, that I used to listen to way back in the day. Or maybe it was something his dad talked. It might have been in one of his dad's books. I, I can't remember, man. I, I've, I've listened to a lot of his stuff, and I've read a lot of uh, his his books and his dad's stuff. But 
the um you know the US is like one of the only countries in the world that taxes you on income you make all over the world. The other country is some obscure country in Africa that I can never remember the name of. But no other country is like that. If you leave the country, you don't get taxed on on money you make in Mexico or over in London if you're from, you know, Germany or something like that. You uh you you just pay the taxes of the country that you're in. The US it's not like that. You come down here, uh, you move to another country, you move to Mexico, you, you pay Mexican taxes, and you'd still owe the U.S. Uh, they're, they're cut as well. And that originated in uh, the from the, um, the Civil War as well, because you had a lot of people, when they instituted the income tax to fund the Civil War, you had a lot of people dodging the draft, okay? Uh, believe it or not, not a lot of people wanted to fight in the Civil War, you know, line up in front of fucking cannons and just stand there and be cannon fodder every day for, uh, you know, because the, the South wanted to secede from the Union. It didn't appeal to a lot of people. And so you had a lot of people leaving the country to, to get away from the draft and not, and not have to fight in the war. But the government didn't want to lose out on that income from their income tax. And so they made when they instituted the income tax, they they made it they made you subject to it no matter where you were in the in the world. So if you went up to Canada to get out of the war, you still had to pay income tax. Now, I have no idea how they collected that or how they tracked it back then. It seems like a like a nightmare. I don't know. You know, but that that's where that came from. And that never went away. Once like once they reinstituted the income tax in 1913, that provision's still in there. So to this day, if you go to a different country and you earn money, you still owe the US, even though you did it in another country and they had nothing to do with it. But the draft too, I mean, the the, the military draft is like the worst form of slavery imaginable. It like I said, it's the the type of slavery where you're not just picking cotton in the fields. You're out in the fields getting hit by uh, you know rifles and cannon fodder, and and being told to go charge a hill. That's uh, that is the worst form of slavery when you're you're just being sent to your death for for no good reason. But that's that all started because of a war and all of those things that we have today like okay so we don't have the draft today we have an all-volunteer military but that that gave us the precedent for it in in vietnam um it gave us the precedent for the income tax that we still all enjoy today and you know that uh if if we want to go to to jump to 1913 right where the um we had the the creation of the federal reserve and, you know, one of the things I talked about on the last episode with Michael Rechtenwald was that you get these public-private partnerships between the government and some other entity. And this is the way that they've been able to circumvent a lot of the restrictions placed on government through the Constitution. And so one of the reasons why the uh, the, the federal government w- or the, uh, the Federal Reserve was created and that they masquerade as this private company is because the the there's no authorization in the constitution to for the federal government to admit bills of credit. They couldn't do it, but they wanted to be able to print money so that they could uh fund all of this stuff, right? In fact, they had that in the original um draft of the constitution was that the, the federal government would be able to admit bills of credit. And after they debated it, they 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 struck that down. I think nine states voted to to get rid of emit bills of credit. So the way they got around that was 
to have the Federal Reserve do it. The Federal Reserve can issue these dollars, the, the, the bills of credit. And since they're a private entity, there's no rule against that. But obviously, we, we know that the Fed is not acting as an independent central bank. They are, in, in all for all intents and purposes, uh, just another wing, another extension of the federal government. And we also got the income tax in 1913. But if you go back and listen to the episodes I've done on the income tax, you'd know that the, the first income tax was, was practically nothing, right? It was supposed to be... 1% on the top 1% for essentially, right? Um, I, I think that the most anybody was supposed to pay was like, you know, the Carnegie's and the Rockefeller's would pay 7%. Because before that, we funded the entire federal government through uh, taxes on things, on imports and things like that. So we had a very small federal government, and then we created this Federal Reserve and the income tax. And shortly after that, what do we have? Well, we had World War One, And so here's our first emergency, right? Here's our first, oh, this is a, a wartime emergency. We need to take extraordinary measures. How are we going to fund this war? It, it, it's going to be hard to fund it through taxation because we just sold the public uh, on the income tax as a way of replacing the, the taxes on on imports with a, with a tax on the rich. You know, this isn't supposed to affect everybody. It's just going to be the 1%, the tippy top, you know. So you don't have to worry about it, average Joe. It's it's only going to be the rich guys. So wh what, do we, what do we need to do now? Well, we need to amend the Federal Reserve Act so that they can buy government bonds directly. Because when they initially created the Federal Reserve, there was at least some people that were smart enough to realize that this could be used as a way to um, monetize the, the debt for the federal government, right? They could just, the Federal Reserve can just keep buying government bonds. That was illegal in the original Federal Reserve Act. So once this war comes, it's like, well, we're going to need a lot of money to fund this war. You know, we have to get involved and we don't have to dive into all of the uh, shenanigans that were involved getting us into World War One. But they amend the Federal Reserve Act to allow the Federal Reserve to buy government bonds, basically loan money directly to the government. And and since they have the printing press, there's 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 really just no stopping them at this point. But of course, they put in a little debt ceiling. This is where the debt ceiling came from. They said, okay, we're going to let the Federal Reserve buy government bonds, but only a certain amount of government bonds. Like, we don't want this to get too out of control. $11 billion, or $11.5 billion, I think ought to do it. Shouldn't need any more than that ever. So let's put the ceiling right there. And that's the original debt ceiling. I think it was 11 or 11.5 billion with a B. We were never supposed to be able to monetize more debt than that. Of course, the Federal Reserve balance sheet now is uh, over seven trillion. I think it's rapidly approaching eight trillion. So we all we all know where this is headed. And the impetus for all of this was war. So everything that they're doing up to this point, the the erosion of the American people's liberty, <laughs> this door is not being opened wider and wider each generation. It's being it was being slowly closed time after time. But we had to make the world safe for democracy, right? Isn't that what, what Woodrow Wilson's big thing was? And so he plays on this this situation, right? The, the government always takes advantage, uh, advantage of these types of situations. They play off of American patriotism to uh, get us to 
turn over more of our, our liberties to them, more give them more power that we will never give uh, that they will never give back, and and lose more of our freedoms that we will never get back. So it, it's quite the opposite to to what Joe Biden was talking about with each generation opening the door to liberty more and more. No, 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 no. It's it, each generation that door gets closer and closer to completely shut. And uh, man, we are we are right as I talked about earlier. We are. Uh, this past year, that that door was shut. Uh, we might have gotten a, a little crack, cracked it back open a little bit, but if we're not careful, this thing could get really uh, out of hand very quickly. Let's take a quick second and thank one of our other sponsors for today's show, our friends over at Lorenzotti Coffee. You know them well by now. They are our oldest and longest running sponsor. We love these guys. We love their premium Italian coffee that they deliver right to your door. So do yourself a favor. Get your morning started right with the taste of freedom. Go to Lorenzotti.coffee and use promo code FICTION so they know I sent you and you'll get 10% off your order. That's Lorenzotti, L-O-R-E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, O-T-T-I dot coffee, promo code FICTION. Get all of your coffee and coffee supplies from these guys. There are two liberty-minded entrepreneurs that came together over their love of coffee and their love of liberty. And not only are they fans of the show, but they've gone above and beyond the call of duty as a sponsor. So go order some coffee, order an espresso machine, get a coffee grinder, do it all at Lorenzotti.coffee, promo code FICTION. And and so they're able to use the income tax and the, the Federal Reserve buying government bonds to fund World War One. And then, of course, we all know that World War One led directly to World War Two. The, the Treaty of Versailles and the the um, shit sandwich that the German people were forced to eat and the um, the hyperinflationary situation that resulted from that led directly to the the rise of, of Hitler and then you had World War II. So I mean, this could really, if if you really wanted to, you could basically tie uh, Hitler and the genocide of the Jews directly to the Federal Reserve. I mean, without the Federal Reserve, there's there's no way they would have been able to fund World War One, and we wouldn't have been able to get involved. We wouldn't have been able to tip the the, the tides of that war because if you ever listen to Dan Carlin's World War One podcast, it, it's really good. I mean, it's it's long. It's like four parts, and each part's like four hours long or something. But he talks about how the the war was at a standstill, and they were very close to just being like, dude. Fuck this, man. We're tired of running from trench to trench into machine gun fire. Nobody's really gaining any ground here. We're fighting over worthless territory. We're we're at a stalemate. Let's just call it a fucking day and let bygones be bygones. And then, of course, in comes the U.S. with with fresh soldiers that haven't been uh, fighting this war for, for, what was it, two years before that. We got a lot of pep in our step. We got a lot of funding, thanks to the Federal Reserve and the income tax, and we're ready to fucking rock. And we tilt the... The, the war against Germany. And then we, you know, we really kicked the shit out of them in the Treaty of Versailles. So the, the Federal Reserve is responsible for Hitler <laughs> and the death of six million Jews and, and gypsies and everything like that. So boom, you heard it here, folks. And then, of course, World War II comes along. And now we have to get involved in this one, too, don't we? Because, you know, 
it's a war and we're the United States. And how, well, how are we going to fund this one? Well, we've, we've got this income tax, but up till this point, you know, it really wasn't affecting a lot of people. It was, it was only on the top 1%, the, the, the tippy top, you know, a, a very small portion of U.S. citizens paid the income tax up until I think it was like 1940. And then once the, the, the true toll, uh, uh, the true cost of this war was, was being made apparent, you know, and once we realized that we were going to get into this, and and we have to, um, you know, we have to hop in and, and make sure Hitler is stopped and and all of that stuff. Well, the this is when the income tax went from being it's just on the Rockefellers and the Carnegies to, dude, everybody's going to pay this, and it's not going to just be one percent. It's going to be like ten percent. 20%. The, the people started paying more in income tax than was ever even imagined for the Carnegies and the Rockefellers. I mean, they almost capped the original income tax at 10%, but they were afraid if they capped it at 10% when they came out with the income tax, then they would immediately raise it to 10%. They didn't want to do that. And and now, of course, we all know how much we're paying in taxes, and it's, I would do anything to pay only 10% in taxes. But the World War II is when that income tax went from, you know, the camel's nose under the tent, we're just going to get the tippy top to, uh, yeah, everybody's got everybody's to do this. So uh, uh, Americans are losing freedom all the way along the way. Their, their liberties are being eroded with every single war that uh, America embarks on. It, it's very frustrating to, to watch these, these politicians pay homage to all of all the fallen soldiers when we we all know that they don't give a shit that this is all for show this is all part of the whole political theater thing i i mean if they if they were really so moved by arlington cemetery why do they keep voting for these pointless wars that we're getting into i mean every single time they vote for a war you know they're going to be digging a lot of holes over at arlington <laughs> and they, i mean i i just can't believe that more and more people don't get upset watching these fucking crocodile tier politicians put on a show using their um using their dead children that they sacrificed to the state as uh, as political props i mean th this is just despicable disgusting behavior but anyway you know they they lied us into you know <laughs> some more wars after that of course we had to go to korea and then you had vietnam but they already had all the the income tax and everything uh, World War II was actually when they started the the withholding as well. You know, before the I think the original income tax was like the the rich people just stroke uh, would stroke a check at the end of the year or something like that. But since uh, with World War II they they were going to start taxing everybody. Well, the you know Joe Sixpack might not have that money at the end of the year, and plus you know they were fighting a war like the next year, right? They couldn't wait years to to get that money they needed it now to fund the war effort um it was actually called the victory tax so it was like we're gonna tax you to to um so that we can win this war but of course even after we uh technically won the war that the tax never went away we're still paying it today in 2021 80 years later like okay uh that that, that door of freedom sure it doesn't look very wide does it and there are a bunch of other repercussions from World War II that we're still feeling today. But besides the, the withholding income tax, I mean, 
we think back, we had we had rationing and wage and price controls that were a direct result. You know, the uh, the reason our healthcare, the reason you get your healthcare coverage through your employer, is because of the wage and price controls that were instituted during World War II. As a result of that war, they, you know, your employer could only pay you so much money. And so they would give you all these other things in lieu of a pay raise. They would give you health care. And part of the reason why our entire fucking health insurance, our our healthcare system is messed up is because of the fact that your health insurance is tied to your employer. That was 100% government made, but the reason it was government made was tied to the war. So World War II is also partially responsible for our fucked up healthcare system and the reason that you lose your healthcare when you lose your job or your health insurance when you lose your job. Eh, yep, World War II. So, I mean, the, the, the list of, of repercussions from these things and losses of freedom go, go on and on. Yeah, and then they, they lied us into to Vietnam and, and they instituted a, the draft again that they had already laid the groundwork for back in the Civil War. And war is really good for fucking nothing except for, you know, the military industrial complex that profits off of this. There are companies and people that make billions of dollars. There are political actors who gain a lot of power and prestige because of it. But for the rest of us and for the rest of the world, war is good for nothing. I mean, it's it's horrible. It's inhumane. It's immoral. And it's a it's a waste of, of life, liberty, and property. It's um, it goes against everything, everything that the uh, that was that this country was founded on, uh, essentially, right? Even though Biden would say the opposite, that they were fighting for our right to life, liberty, and property. The the sad fact of the matter is that every time we went to fight, we lost life, liberty, and property. And then, of course, we have the wars of, of my lifetime, which, you know, mid-80s to today, all over on the other side of the world in places that most Americans can't pick out on a map that have nothing to do with our freedoms here. Um, we'd never had to go fight them over there, so we don't have to fight them here. That was always bullshit. They didn't hate us for our freedoms and everything like that. They hated us because of our interventionism. And like I said, we we got the Patriot Act out of this, which, by the way, you know, I've been I, I tweeted about this earlier today, but I've been trying to get into a trade for the last like week. Right. And I was I didn't have a lot of liquidity in my brokerage account. And so I went to fund it. You know, I went to send an ACH from my bank account to my brokerage account. And apparently there's like a four to f- is it four to six business day waiting period to complete this transfer, which was a real big pain in the ass because Monday was a holiday, so that didn't count. So even though I I did this transfer on, I think, Tuesday last week, I couldn't actually get into this fucking trade until today because, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that's three days, and then I had to wait another three days. Market, thankfully, was closed on, on Monday, but that day didn't count in terms of a business day because it was a holiday. So I had Tuesday and went and they finally loaded my account. And by the time, you know, the, they, they let me have access to my money. The the trade had ran away from me. It was like 50 cents a share more than I wanted to pay. (laughs) Um, So they've done a tremendous job of um, 
taking away everything. Like you can't even access your own money when you want to. And that's all I guarantee you the reason that there's a five, uh, a six business day holding period on a transfer that I'm making from my account to my account. Like these are two of my accounts. They've been verified. They've been used before. I'm not like a, I shouldn't be a red flag or anything like that. You know, I don't have any terrorist ties. I haven't traveled to the Middle East or anything like that, but I got caught up in the Patriot Act anti-money laundering horseshit, didn't I? And it's costing me money, of course. But hey, you know, each generation opens up that door to freedom more and more. Give me a fucking break. Cry me a river over there, Biden. Absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, the, the Patriot Act, we lost every semblance of freedom that we had. We lost all of our privacy. Um, the, the income tax every year gets more and more intrusive. Think of all the stuff that you have to admit to uh, on your your uh, tax return that you wouldn't admit to like some of your best friends in the world, but you got to tell the government about it. Like We have no privacy whatsoever. We have the largest spying apparatus the world has ever seen. They're, they're listening to our phone calls. They're doing bulk data collection. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that door is opening wider with each generation. It's it's definitely being slammed shut, and it's it's escalating. It's not even generation by generation. It's like year by year that door's being closed. But in addition to all these taxes, there's just a tremendous amount of bureaucracy. The government grew every time we... We had one of these wars. The, the government got much bigger and all these agencies were created. Most notably, um, you know, we had the whole industrial mili- military industrial complex thing after World War Two. But then, you know, fast forward to to my generation and to the wars that we're fighting right now. And you get the Department of Homeland Security and the TSA and the anti-money laundering acts, uh, provisions of the Patriot Act and the Patriot Act and the the, uh, the NSA spying apparatus and all this stuff, you know, it's it's um, it's one thing after another. It just keeps growing like a cancer, and the price tag keeps growing. I mean, we're twenty eight trillion in debt right now, with no end in sight. So the the true cost of these wars is actually more than. I mean, yes, it. it we have paid a shitload in taxes and we've lost a shitload of freedom, but it's really going to be the destruction of the United States of America. I, I really think that, you know, stretching ourselves thin militarily, trying to have this empire where we police the world and everything like that, that will eventually bankrupt us and destroy what's what's left of this country. So the, the true cost of these wars is more than just the loss of freedoms that we've had, the the uh, taxes <laughs> increases that have, have taken place with each war, the death toll of of Americans and uh, people overseas, innocent people overseas. It, it's going to be the the end of um, the end of America. The end of the this experiment will eventually be brought down because of this military expansion of the empire that has bleeding us dry both physically figuratively and in our pocketbooks you know the the american people are sick of these wars the 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 american soldiers are sick of these wars the only people that aren't sick of them are fucking joe biden teary-eyed joe biden and kamala harris and the you know the lindsey grahams of the world the those people, these establishment politicians, the ones who have to sacrifice nothing, who never have to actually go fight these wars, they're the ones who don't seem to be tired of them yet. And I wonder why that is, right? It's everybody else is sick of these wars, and everybody else is bankrupt because of these wars. 
and eventually the the entire country will be bankrupt as well. So these guys, as, as far as I'm concerned, they all have blood on their hands, and they are despicable human beings that should be met with the utmost contempt, not honored and, and uh, you know, walking around with these people and visiting the graves and shit like that. No, they should be spat on and yelled at because they 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 and the people that came before them are responsible for each one of those those holes that were dug at Arlington. So anyway, um, <laughs> that was a little longer than I planned on talking about the uh, Memorial Day, but there you go. But just to see these like sing-songy puff pieces about politicians on this holiday, and it's not just that because Joe Biden is like a darling of you know they they do this. They do this with pretty much all presidents. I, I doubt President Trump got the uh, the same type of treatment because he was always uh, insulting the military or something like that. But you know, to to act like these guys have no nothing, you know, that all these graves just happened, you know, that these politicians had nothing to do with it. To act as if Joe Biden, all teary eyed and somber, didn't vote for these wars, isn't responsible for a lot of those graves. And a lot of the graves that we don't see overseas and all the, the people that don't get buried to act like they didn't vote for them, to act like they didn't support all the lies that got into these wars. It's really fucking despicable, man. Where is the reporting on this? And why why don't they put things in perspective the way they should be put in perspective? Of course, I guess if they did, I, uh, I would be out of the job. <laughs> There'd be no reason for you guys to listen to me. Yeah, I, I, I do think we need to mourn the loss of life from all of these wars but at the same time we need to remember what got us into these wars and the true toll of all of them you know there, there's more than just a, a loss of life that went along with this both here and abroad there was a tremendous loss of liberty with each and every one of these wars that were fought and it is really sad that they've they've been able to play on this you know, the, the patriotism of the right, you know, this idea that we want to fight for your freedoms and we want to protect you from uh, overseas threats and threats to your liberty. But really, the, the real threat to your liberty is is right here. It's it's within our borders. It's it's this federal government. And, and that's pretty much always been the case, with the exception of maybe the, I don't know, the Revolutionary War or something like that. The, the biggest threat to American freedom, to, to American liberty, has always been here. It's always been our own government. The, the problem is that we've been conditioned and, and trained and uh, propagandized to, to listen to what they're telling us, and they're always pointing the finger at somebody else. Oh, look over there at China. Look over there at Russia. They're, they're the ones uh, oppressing you. When in reality, I mean, there, there's no bigger oppressor than the American people, or probably the world, than the, the U.S. federal government. Like, by far. The, all, all of these other governments, they don't do anything to you. Uh, the, the, this idea that China is, is a problem because they, um, they, they make us cheap goods, and they, they take our worthless dollars, or our uh, increasingly worthless dollars, and they give us all of these cheap goods, electronics, and things like that that we get to enjoy while they get paper money that's worth less and less. I mean, how, how is that a problem for us? And then this whole Russia thing, I I never really understood, you know. Um, I actually agreed with Obama when he said the 80s called and they want their foreign policy back. 
Oh, oh how the uh, tables have turned on that one. But that's, that, it, this has always been the case. The, the biggest threat to your liberty is not going to come from a foreign government. It's going to come from the devil you know right over here in Washington, D.C. So don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget who the one that, you, that has you enslaved four months out of the year for. That is the federal government. It is not China. It is not Russia. It is nobody but the good old U.S. of A. That is, it is stealing from the American people. It is robbing us blind. And now it's locking us in our houses and lying to us about viruses and things like that. Which brings me to this, uh, the, the most recent story that I'm kind of a little hesitant to talk about because I haven't had a, a ton of time to go through all of these emails. But there was a FOIA request for Fauci's emails. And they've, um, so far, it's not looking too good for old Fauci. There's a lot of eh, fairly damning emails that I've seen so far. I haven't seen a, a real, I, I don't know if you'd call it like a smoking gun yet, but I, I don't know how many of these emails there, there are. You know, it takes a while to go through all these, and I haven't had uh, uh, too much time to go through all of them, but I have seen at least a few. Some of them posted on Twitter, some of them uh, online here. Uh, you know, uh, Zero Hedge was actually mentioned in one of the the email chains, and this was referring to the the theory that this virus was man made, created in the the Wuhan lab. It it certainly uh, looks like after this FOIA request from the uh for Fauci's emails that yeah yeah they this Wuhan lab is most likely the culprit for a man-made coronavirus now it certainly wasn't a conspiracy theory that they originally would would tell you this is you know some of these emails go back to February March of last year where they're talking about the um the the possibility that this was man made how there's some indications that there's HIV like insertions into the the virus's RNA and the the damage control that they went through to to cover up that story to remove that study from I, I believe there these were uh, some Indian professors but there's so they have an email chain here from a, a science a science journalist to the uh, National Institute of Health and he's asking them to comment on this research study that these uh, these Indian scientists did I guess where they've identified HIV strains in the coronavirus now the response to the email was they they forwarded it to to the Office of Communications and Government Relations and they literally said like we don't want to answer this uh, without high level input but want you to know about the rising controversy. Two days after that, Jennifer Ruth uh, of the um, of the Office of Communications and Government Relations tells the guy we're we're going to send a note to the reporter to decline, noting that the paper has not been peer reviewed. Please let us know if you receive any similar requests. This this is back in like February of 2020. And then there's another study by Chinese scientists that found that the the strategy that the virus uses to evade attack from the human immune system is sim is um, the same strategy that HIV uses. And then there's like a Norwegian British research team that made claims that they discovered. There were clues that the the genetic sequence 
suggested that key elements were inserted and may not have evolved naturally. The British professor from that research team concluded that, or their report concluded that there's no credible natural ancestor and it is beyond reasonable doubt that the virus was created via laboratory manipulation. These are all sort of coming out piecemeal indications that they knew about this through these emails. And this is really fucking, it, you know, the gall that these guys have. This is, you know, Fauci, he, he's basically got his fingerprints all over this fucking thing. We got emails about the gain of function research that was being done. It, you know, Fauci kept insisting that they don't do gain of function research and they have no ties to that, blah, 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 blah. And then you see this, this email from Anthony Fauci and it's got an attachment and it literally says like SARS gain of function BDF. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. The The amount of bullshit that this guy has been spewing for over a year now. I, I can't say I'm surprised, but I mean, heads should roll on this uh, one way or another. And I, I'm, I don't think they will. I don't think he'll face any sort of really true repercussions for this. But this is, I, I mean, I'm going to wait for... To, to read through more of these these emails and, and see what everybody else can dig up because I haven't had enough time to go through them. But from what I've seen so far, man, this is man, this is some fucking bullshit. They, I mean, we kind of already suspected that they knew the whole time. And, and now we actually, it looks like we have the emails to really solidify this. And, and that Fauci has, has been and always is a fucking fraud. These are, like I said, these are despicable people. We need to stop listening to them. We need to stop looking to them for leadership. There really has to be some serious repercussions for this kind of stuff. Like, to, to do what they've done to not just the American people, but to the world over this last year. And, I, I mean... They've got him lying to Congress now. <laughs> I mean, as far as I'm concerned, these emails, the ones I've seen so far have proven that Fauci lied to fucking Congress. So isn't that, shouldn't he be in jail then? Isn't that what we do to people who lie to Congress? Or does it depend on which political affiliation you have? Because, um, you know, if somebody from the previous administration had been telling these lies to Congress, I think we all know where they would end up. And we've seen some of them end up in prison for not even really lying, just like, you know, misremembering facts when they're like, when they have really no reason to lie and they were trying to cooperate and they get like a date wrong or something like that. Oh, you lied to Congress. We're going to throw We're going to threaten you with jail time. But here comes Fauci knowingly lying his ass off to Congress. And yeah, I, I, I doubt anything happens to him. And that will be par for the course. Maybe they'll have an investigation. They'll they'll start a committee or a super committee or a, the the super duper committee to look into all this. And not, they'll drag it on and on and on until people sort of lose interest in it. And we got a new news cycle. And they'll they'll dump a bunch of stuff late on a Friday, uh, and then come up with another stupid news story to to get everybody's attention to get you looking away from that and, and forget about all this shit that they did to us. But that seems to be the modus operandi and it is very unfortunate. I think these people should be maybe locked up and thrown away, throw away the key depending up. Oh, of course, you know, they get, they get their trial, they get their due process. They are entitled to that. But I mean, it really is unbelievable. There's even an email. He talked about the use of masks. Let me see if I can find this one. It was on Twitter. 
Uh, well, I can't find. He basically says like, yeah, you don't you don't need to worry about wearing a mask because it, it's more for people who are sick and so that they don't um, you know cough all over somebody or something because the material of the mask is too large to actually stop the virus from passing through it at best it will stop like really big gross droplets of it from somebody sneezing on you or something like that and you just can't make this stuff up it, it, it really is just unbelievable so there you go masks are uh it, it, masks don't work according to dr fauci's emails and you know i'm sure i'll be getting an apology from youtube that had that have taken down all of my videos. You know, I did a whole episode about how bullshit these masks were probably like a year ago now. And um, I'm sure that got taken down. A bunch of my other clips have been taken down, which, you know, I kind of wear as a badge of honor anyway, but I'm sure we'll get an apology from YouTube and the clips will be put back up and because they're no longer considered medical misinformation, right? Turns out I was right all along. And um, that you guys that have been listening to the so-called scientists, the experts, you're following the science. Look how that worked out. How did that get? How far did that get you, you idiots? Yeah, keep 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 going, keep going, keep listening to Fauci, keep listening to the experts, keep following the science. As long as it comes from a bureaucracy and it's backed by the federal government and it has uh, the 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 mainstream corporate presses stamp of approval see how far it gets you let me know like i said on that last a uh, couple episodes ago if you ever get tired of being wrong i'll be here i will still be doing this show you can you can come up on board if you want to know what the truth is going to be tomorrow you can listen to the peddling fiction podcast today and i will welcome you with open arms all of you reformed former follow the scientists follow the science listen to your wise overlords in washington you can all come hop on board the Peddling Fiction podcast. It's never too late. You've lost a year of your life, but you know, cut your losses now. Cut bait. You don't have to spend the rest of your life listening to these idiots. All they do is lie. Their entire existence is based off of lying to you. It is what they do for a living. This is what politics is. It's all one big fucking lie. And Fauci is nothing more than an extension of, of these politicians. He is a fucking bureaucrat. And if he is giving the, the stamp of approval on this, if the, the corporate press that, that carries water for the government is, is giving you the news, you're, you're being lied to. Look, I mean, like, think of the wars, okay? Go back to all, uh, all of the Memorial Day and all these wars and everything like that. The, if they'll lie to you about that, you don't think they'll lie to you about this? You don't think they'll lie to you about masks and, and viruses and, and whatever? I mean... It's not too late. We need all we need all the the people on board with us. So take back your life, take back your freedom. Stop listening to these idiots. Realize that they're lying to you. Realize that if their lips are moving, they are lying to you one way, shape, or form, and at the very least, trying to manipulate you. I am, I guess, I'm trying to manipulate you into adopting libertarian principles and the ideas of of liberty and freedom. But I'm never going to lie to you. I'm never going to distort the truth. To get you to do what I want. I'm going to, at, at the very least, be as honest as I can. And I, and I can always I can always say that and fall back on that. I, I may get something wrong. It's hasn't really happened yet, but I'm sure it's going to eventually, right? But um, I, I will never knowingly lie to you or, or mislead you or anything like that. So for all of you out there that were following the science and listening to these so-called experts, and now you're faced with a bunch of emails about how they've been lying to you for the last year, 
And I'm sure more and more of them will come out and they will get worse and worse. And you will be faced with the fact that you were sold, once again, a bunch of bullshit from the corporate press, from the uh, wise overlords in Washington and all of the these authorities that you appeal to religiously that you've been listening to as if they've you know, come down, you know, with tablets from Mount Sinai, as if what they say is gospel. Well, it turns out they're completely full of shit. Maybe, just maybe, you want to start listening to more credible sources like uh, yours truly over here at the Peddling Fiction Podcast. All right, anyway, I'm going to wrap there, guys. Thank you so very much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you guys. Do me a favor, if you liked what you heard today, give me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. And if you would like to become a supporting listener of the show, you can go to PedalingFictionPodcast.com. Click on the Support the Show tab there. Set up any sort of donation that you want. That helps keep the lights on around here. And if you guys can do all that for me, I will be back later this week with a brand new episode for you. And until then, you guys know the drill. Just keep on pedaling that so-called fiction. Peace. Peace.